0: Listen to me. Listen to me. This has to stop.
1: Look, I'm sorry about all the calls, but I had to talk to you. I was going crazy. I don't
0: blame you for being mad, but didn't you like your presence? It's just not going to work, Lori. I tried to tell you that yesterday. I tried to make you understand.
1: We made love, Ed. What was that all about? Were you just using me like some whore? Is that all I am to you? Of course
0: not. You know that. But this can't go on. Yesterday was a mistake.
1: Don't do this. Not over the phone. Look, at least have the decency to tell me face-to-face. Please, we can meet this afternoon.
0: No, we can't see each other again. It'll just make it harder on the both of us. Lori, I'm truly sorry if I hurt you. No, you're not! Don't call me again. I'll change my number if I have to. It's over between us.
1: Please, Ed, just meet me, please. I promise nothing will happen, please.
2: Hey everybody, this is Brandon Ford, and it's Made for TV March on the Blind Rage Podcast. For our debut commentary, we are going to be doing Shannon Doherty and William Devane in the 1992 thriller Obsessed. And this one is a doozy. Lots of camp, lots of cheese, lots of over-the-top acting, but this is, of course, a Shannon Doherty TV movie, so what else would you expect? If you want to watch along, I'm sure you can find a copy on YouTube. I don't remember where I got my source from, but I'm willing to bet it's out there somewhere. shouldn't be too difficult to find. Anyway, other than that, uh, not really much else going on, as I so often say. So I will just take the time to encourage you to please... Uh, Check me out on Amazon.com by going to the Amazon homepage or the Amazon app and selecting books, typing in Brandon Ford. You will, of course, find my author page. You can check out some of my titles in paperback and Kindle editions. You can also find me on Audible. By going to audible.com or the Audible app, typing in Brandon Ford, and you'll find several of my titles in audiobook format. You can also email me directly at blindragepod eighty one at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, concerns, critiques, or recommendations. Guar- uh, reply is guaranteed. And uh, lastly, please. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. really helps the podcast get some exposure. And, um, yeah, it only takes a second just to hit the drop-down and select a star rating, especially if you are using Apple Podcasts. So, yeah. We are going to do a 10-count, and then we are going to get into the movie. So... If you're watching along, have your source queued up and ready to go. If not, feel free to just listen to the movie audio with me while I do my commentary. And yeah, I guess that's about it. So what do you say we get into Shannon Doherty and William Devane in Obsessed? It's going to be a good time.
0: 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1.
2: You know, I have to say that one thing that has bothered me a lot over the years, and this was even before the Lifetime Movie Network but any movie that was made for television with the exception of some of the classics from the 1970s you know the linda blair uh morgan fairchild stuff um anything that was made from the 70s or 80s throughout the 90s was considered a lifetime movie uh, just because lifetime might have aired them once or twice and People failed to realize that NBC, CBS, and ABC had their corner on the market for the made-for-TV movie for, well, since the beginning, actually. And Lifetime only just picked up the slack, I guess, because you don't see these movies anymore. And um, the ones that. Well, okay, let me just say this. While the ones that did air on the major networks were not good, they were in fact very, very cheesy. Even the ones that were, you know, enjoyable, were only enjoyable in a so bad it's good kind of way. But the ones that Lifetime makes nowadays are pretty painful. And as a matter of fact, I was trying to watch the remake of Death of a Cheerleader because God knows Death of a Cheerleader needed a remake. And I couldn't even get through it because it was just painful and the acting was abysmal. Not that the acting in a movie like Obsessed is stellar, but um, this is a fun one. This is a really fun one. And it's one that I watched, believe it or not, when it originally aired in September of 1992, toward the end of September. It was a made-for-TV movie for ABC. I was 11. And I was, because I started watching 90210 when it first started, I was a Shannon Doherty fan, and I was not too happy when she left the show, but little did I know there was a lot of drama going on backstage and with the cast and crew. Well, primarily due to her behavior, but I liked her, and I was not happy that she left the show. But I believe this might have been right around the time or right after she left the show. I don't really remember. I I know she only lasted maybe two or three seasons before she got fired and um, this might have been one of the first things that I saw her in after and post you know 90210 and I believe I watched it solely based on her appearance and um you know when you're 11 it's difficult to discern good from bad especially when it comes to cinema and you know and now that I'm in my late 30s and I looked at this mo- look at this movie objectively and you know with um 2020 vision, so to speak, I can recognize it as being a bad movie with very, very over-the-top performances and a lot of obsessive love thriller tropes. And many people seem to think that all of these obsessive love thriller tropes came from Fatal Attraction. But, no, it actually goes back a lot further than that. And I only just recently saw, so to speak, play Misty for me because there was an audio described version on Audio Vault. For those of you who don't know, it's the go-to website for the visually impaired for audio described movies. And when I watched it, I couldn't believe that the way that the movie had set the template for an endless amount of movies of its kind that came in the decades to follow. And um, while some are more violent and bloodier and sleazier. Play Misty for Me did it first, and while I I didn't think it was a fantastic movie, I might have enjoyed it more had I seen it a lot earlier in life. But I can definitely see where movies like Fatal Attraction and The Crush and Fear and this uh, got their inspiration. So I I talked over the scene where it's kind of funny but Shannon Doherty's character Lori Brindle is an appraiser or I don't know if she just does boats but I assume so but there was a montage of her you know checking out uh, she's going to kiss him there was a montage of her acting like she was doing things and it was pretty funny like there's a thing there's a, there's a moment where she um, slides her finger down the edge of the window I don't know, with a pen in her hand, there is a moment where she just like tugs on some ropes. There's a moment where she puts the um, banister down and like smooths it out and there's a really corny, cheesy point of view or not point of view, but there's a shot of um, her face on and um, it's, it's just really very stupid but it's also very made for TV and this I I always thought was kinda cornball too because you know in the beginning when she's still appraising or she's at the end of the appraisal rather she says a line that I believe is supposed to be just flirtation but she says, I'll crew for you anytime. And he takes it literally and sends her a crew jersey, sends a crew jersey to her offices with her name on it. Welcome aboard. What the fuck? Have you ever seen the I guess it's supposed to be funny and cute, but it's not. And, you know, while I was young, and I was, I saw this movie for the first time, or, and yes, I did record it, and yes, I watched it many times, (laughs) many times after. Um, I can't believe that, you know, I didn't fully understand where her attraction for him came from because she's about um, 21 uh, I don't know if her character is supposed to be older but she was 21 at the time of this, this movie was shot and there's one scene where William Devane's character Ed claims to be under 50 but just barely but I don't, I I find that hard to believe. He's got to be in his in, well, then again 30 years ago people looked a lot older than they actually were, but I would for sure say that he would he was at least in his early 60s at least, which is really gross. Um and even though that this even though this is a a TV movie and there really isn't anything racy. They still have to have some kissing scenes and some bedroom scenes and some saxophone going on because that's where... that saxophone music always signaled romance in these kinds of movies. It's so, so cheesy. God what um, the scene that I chose cause like you know there's no trailer for this this is a TV movie but the scene that I chose to be the the opening clip was one that it was always one of my favorite scenes because it's just she's completely spun out of control and she's begging and pleading him and um, one of my favorite moments is uh, was always when he says, "I'm truly sorry," and she screams, "No, you're not!" And it's been a while since I've seen this, but it—I uh, can recognize how bad, how bad it is now. Um, oh fuck! I forgot her. Name. I looked. I looked her up on IMDb, this actress here, right before I, uh, I think her name is Claire Carey, if I'm not mistaken, but I looked at, uh, I might be mistaken, but I looked it up on IMDb because I wanted to mention her, uh, but she was known for playing the daughter on Coach, which was on TV at the time. She looks exact. She looks exactly the same, so that that um that leads me to believe that she was shooting at the same time or on her off time from the show because she looks exactly the same. She's the same haircut, She's, you know, with it, which is a haircut that is very much of its time, by the way. He's clearly embarrassed that he's got a woman. Young enough to be his granddaughter, on the boat, but she knows something's going on. Um, what the fuck's her name? Andy. I like this moment here when Shannon Doherty comes in or Lori comes in and she sees Andy who is very much her age and you could see it in Shannon or Lori's face that she see, she's she believes that um, going after long, younger women is something that Ed does regular with some regularity and that Andy is another one of his female suitors i guess is the word i'm looking for and she crosses her arms and it's like if she if she doesn't if he doesn't tell her right away that andy is in fact his daughter there's going to be a pretty violent cat fight and then uh lori softens One thing that I really could have done with that is all of the uh, shots of Ed bare chested. I mean, I know it's, it's, all right, I, I really shouldn't say things like that because we all get old. Nobody is, um, Nobody stays, they look forever, but, um, and I, I can't stand it when people, um, say, or, um, make it, oh God, I can't stand it when people uh, behave as though getting older or being of a certain age means that you're done in life especially if you're a celebrity you don't have the right to be sexual you don't have the right to perform you don't have the right to act and of course this is aimed primarily at women and I think it's unfair um because men get a free pass with a lot of it um but I don't think William Devane should (laughs) Because uh, I don't think he was ever considered attractive. And uh, like I said, spiritual, oh God. I don't remember if... Because there's Tina, her roommate, She's a really weird name. I looked her name up too, I can't remember what it is. But... Um, I think she did, Lori, that is, have some kind of obsessive relationship prior to meeting Ed, and I think, I think, we'll get to it when things are amped up a bit, but I think when things start to amp up a bit, and Lori becomes more and more obsessive, and she sees And as Andy says, she becomes a junkie for Ed and tries to kill herself. Um, Tina says something, or I think someone asks, or Ed asks her or something, if she's done, if this has ever happened before, and I believe she says, not this bad. I think. Okay, so now Ed's playing a little joke on his friends here. What I don't get with this... What I don't get here is... Uh, a that guy James... Um, I think his name is James Handy. He's been in a lot of stuff. Him talking now. But, um... What I... I don't understand... Alright, so he's playing a joke on his friends... Um, who think that they're too old to get a girl as young and and attractive as Lori, who just happens to walk into the club while they're having drinks, and she sees them, and this is after they'd had their night together, after they slept together, after they had their big date, where they had this, um, where they had the, um boat right into the sunset and blah 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 it was all very romantic and there was saxophone music everywhere but again she saw him so why didn't she look at him why didn't or she why didn't she signal him why didn't she talk to him
0: because
2: that would mean that it was a it was a planned in advance which i don't think it was I don't know, I just like, I don't like that team. I just think it's a little nonsensical. Uh, There's a tandem bike. I haven't ridden one of them since I was a kid on boardwalk. I can't, I can't say where I'll be or even if I'll be alive when I'm the age of William Devane, or William Devane's character here. Um, And uh, as I always say, never say never, but I just, I can't, I can't imagine being his age, and being with someone who has to be around 40 years younger than me, being in in a sexual relationship, with someone around 40 years younger than me I can't imagine being in a sexual relationship with someone 10 years younger than me I can't imagine being in a relationship with someone yeah, 10 I think 10 15 is really pushing it somebody only 15 younger, fifteen years younger than me would be would be in their mid-20s so I don't know I just ugh I have a weird thing about feeling as though I'm corrupting people. Okay, this is the first scene of um, her uh, her uh, psychosis, her psychosis escaping or leaking around me, showing around the edges. Fuck. But yeah, she says, uh. He. She makes a joke about, uh. Or she says that she wants them to be together forever, and he says some corny joke about them being together until the Statue of Liberty sits down. Yeah, good one. Be so yeah, this. This here, I believe, is something that is in Play Misty for me, where she she gets in, she goes into his house when he's not home and really makes herself at home by bringing a lot of her stuff. She brings her hair curler, she brings a change of clothes, she brings a lot of stuff and it's not, it hasn't been that long. I don't know, but when she does it it's supposed to be creepy and stalker-ish, but because of the way it's done, and especially the shot of her putting the hair curlers on the sink and opening them up, it just comes across as cheesy. So I don't think there's any other way to describe this movie except for cheesy. And she's even blaring her own cheesy music. In the lyrics of the song, this girl is singing, "Without you, I'm an empty shell, and I'm only living for you." Hi,
0: honey. Mm-hmm. How was Phoenix? It
2: was fine. What are all these clothes doing in here? All these shoes. Oh, Tina's boyfriend's in town from San Francisco. I thought that I I think this is little the little scene little too, little where she rearranges all the, to the to furniture. I like what she says you don't want me here fine and he has this look on his face like here we go you don't want
1: me here fine i thought it would be a surprise but i guess the surprise is on me i pack my stuff lori
2: listen, you don't have to pack see you know he's but he's buckling right here No 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 no. I well, I think the big mistake was was giving her a key. Oh god. says something about um having a boyfriend or um i don't i don't know i don't think she's married but i think she's in a serious relationship she runs this this bookstore slash coffee shop slash cafe whatever uh but whenever you see her she's by herself you never see this other guy Uh they like? He's so attractive, he must have lots of girlfriends. Andy, are you okay with your dad and me? Yeah, you know, why wouldn't I be?
1: For starters my age. Probably like it better if I was about forty or so. Then you'd still be daddy's little girl.
2: Uh-huh. Excuse me. Look, I make him happy, Andy. Shh shh shall I have to say. She brought over a lot more than a toothbrush and a change of clothes Dad, how serious are you about this girl what I don't underst- whatever, what I never understood is um, he was married twice before getting in this relationship with Lori. And he remains friends, actually pretty good friends, with both of his ex wives, but you don't know which one of them is actually Andy's mother. It's never said. This is so cringy, Or she's going out to dinner. She's going out to dinner with his friends and his ex-wives. Oh, no, 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 I'm getting out of myself. This is um, when she's introducing, introducing him to her father. Yeah, her father says he's 58 and he says I, I hope you're not my age. I'm 58 and it uh, says I think I'm I'm coming in just under the wire. Um uh, about the Our father looks older than fifty eight, too, I must say. He's very big real estate. No,
0: I'm the only so I know. So you travel a lot, constantly. There's no substitute for that personal touch. What about you, Ed? Well, most
2: of my clients are in the Midwest. I talked to them by phone. I don't know if I said this already, four or five days, because I kind of got as i always do i always get sidetracked by tangents but yeah, really yeah i never understood what her attraction to ed was growing up but you know when you look at it now it's it's pretty it's pretty apparent that she has father issues and it's even more pish evident when and you hear this 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 music swell when he talks it's kind of funny when he tells her her father that is. He tells her that he's not going to be able to to stay and um and meet her boss and do all these things that she had planned. He's he's leaving right after dinner, or he does leave right after dinner. I think this this part too is 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 really insensitive and also cringy. It's coming up right now. Ed is very insensitive here. We have him out of our lives. What he say we go dance. Don't you get it? She said it couldn't be helped. <laughs> why can he do this? this one lazy time why can I be important? Oh, she sounds like such a brat. Okay, but first of all, okay. I mean, it's pretty evident that she's upset. Uh, by the way that she had the interaction with her father by the way that they were arguing back and forth. And after he gets in the car, Ed says first of all now that we have him out of our lives would he say we go dancing? Which again is very insensitive and also cringy to think of them going dancing together and then her be acting like a total brat. Oh yeah, here's the part where she rearranges all the furniture. This I would not be doing. I think I would be more pissed off about this than I would be about um, her moving her shit in. Because moving, moving all the furniture around to suit her fancy is very much like her claiming her territory. She never seems to understand when shes when she does anything wrong. Okay we're about to get our first big blow out between the two of them. There you go, why didn't you say that earlier? She is very much a brat. And I'm talking about the character. See, this is, this is her answer to everything. It's like, you know, I I come in uh, being a little overbearing. I uh, overstep my the, my boundaries. I do things I shouldn't. And then uh, I seduce Ed to put a Band-Aid on things just to make things temporarily all better. That's her pattern here. Oh God. This scene with him at the gym, it's like really? Come on, what what, what do you think you're doing? Uh, uh, oh God. Some guys love your <laughs> she doesn't want him to close the door when he goes when he uses the bathroom. Really? Okay, all of these things that he's explaining to his friend are huge, huge, huge red flags that huge red flags that he is clearly ignoring and. As bad as the relationship is, and as crazy as she is, and as obsessive as she is, for lack of a better term, he's letting it go on. So I think, and he's leading her on, so I think he's as much as the blame as she is. He's very much digging his own grave and making his own bed. I hate this line. Wait. <sighs> I gotta work on the bod. Get the fuck out. You lift all the weights in the world and you're still gross. Now here's a scene where she is at dinner with his friends and his ex-wives. I, and she says, she says later, she says later that she feels when they have an argument about this, that she feels, she feels like she's out to uh, dinner with her mother's friends. And she looks very much like she's a child out to dinner with the grown ups. She's the youngest one there by at least 30 plus years. That's another line I don't like. His friend um, was named James Handy or whatever. When he says, when she gets up and storms, I, just said, I didn't mean to tear off. It's like, because they're so obsessed with golf, he had to throw a golf analogy in there. She, now she's acting like a brat again. She has her little tantrum And then she melts into him when she sees how badly she's gotten to him. And if they weren't in a public place, I think they probably would have fucked right there.
1: Try invisible. It's like that every single
0: time we go out with them, Ed, it's like I'm not even there. You didn't make any effort to participate. You didn't say ten words all night. Okay, I'm guilty.
1: I don't have much to say about the gossip at the club or cellulite or having...
0: They're my
2: okay, they may be fat and they may be old, but they're my friends. And now she's realized the error of her ways. I don't know how you can stand me. Please don't be mad at me. Get the fuck out. I don't share I'll get better, I promise. I'll get better. By the way, I think, you know, I, I, I'd always set out to, even when I started B-Movie Bonanza on YouTube in 2014, I always set out, well, as I, as I have explained many times before, I always set out to do movies that I always enjoyed and not to riff on them, but to, you know, try to, um, Expose them to people who may not have already seen them, and maybe get other people to check them out, and perhaps enjoy them as much as I do. And one thing that I always wanted to do were commentaries for movies that nobody would ever do commentaries for, and I think I've really hit it with this one. I don't think anybody would do a commentary for this movie except for me. Oh, God, that's pathetic. (laughs) I think that's funny, too, is that, like... uh, I mean, he's saying that he needs some space, that he only wants to be with her a few nights a week, and she's clearly heartbroken. She is completely shattered. She's not even trying to hide it. And he just has this big shit-eating grit on his face because he's gotten his way and tells her she's terrific. How fucking twisted is this relationship? I mean, I've been in some twisted relationships myself, but Jesus Christ. This is so tacky too to keep going to his daughter to to, to basically play martyr and um, as Andy says later in the movie um, get her try to get her to, try to get her to try to get Andy to give all this relation oh all this information to Ed about how Laurie is suffering. And that's exactly what she's doing. She's playing the martyr and she's and she's she's, you know, crying on Andy's shoulder and Andy really, I don't think could be bothered or wants to be bothered. And not only that, it's, this is all taking place in Andy's business, in or her, in her, love me and be happy. her job, in her, um, heart says that I'm
1: losing
2: her. Andy? the, uh, shop that she runs, or whatever it is, coffee shop, I'd be like, alright, you can't come in here with this drama, alright, and, you know, she has a roommate, she has a best friend, she has someone that she can wine to there's no reason in the world that she has to go to andy except to manipulate her into you know giving ed all of this information surprise. oh no another surprise hey.
1: i didn't expect you well if you were, it be a surprise, now would it?
2: here sit down make yourself here about to have another You're tantrum Uh because I'm you. here it comes Oh, he's such a dick. I mean, she's a brat and a bitch, but he's a dick. She she's has all these plans. And he says, This is great. That sounds great. But we got to do it next weekend. I like when she smashes the glass.
0: Uh, hey, you could have asked me. Don't make me choose between you and the rest of my life. You're not going to like the choice I make. Ooh. I want you to get your stuff, and I want you to get out of here. I'm going to give you a half hour when I come back. I want you gone.
2: Fine, just go! It took that much for him to finally crack and say it's over. That's a good line though. Don't make me choose between you and the rest of my life. You're not gonna like the choice I make or whatever the fuck he says. You're not gonna like my decision, whatever it is. And she slaps him because you know, she wants to be chosen over everything. She has to be everything. I wonder how long it's been, now because he's, he's having uh, coffee with, with Andy. I wonder how long it's been since they've actually spent some time together. Because you really don't see them together. Just the two of them, that is. I don't know what the hell she's talking about. Campfire coffee made with eggshells. What the hell is that? He actually hasn't heard from her in two weeks. Wow. I remember when the Beyonce movie Obsessed came out in like I don't know two thousand eight or nine or something, and I just I just remember thinking to myself, wow. They made this movie with one of the most cliched, overused, premises. Again, but not only that, they didn't even bother thinking about the title. Well, it's an obsessive love thriller, so let's just call it Obsessed. Okay, done. I mean, with a TV movie, you can kind of forgive. But with a mainstream theatrical film that doesn't even try... Uh, Yeah, you can say that again. She's clearly not very stable. to a tarot card reader to get information about her relationship, (laughs) this geezer. So I think this is, she's, because they're spending so much time apart and they haven't spoken in two weeks, See, yeah, there it is. She says you're gonna go crazy again. Tina says that to her. So this this means that this has happened before. But what I was trying to say was, um, since that the since they haven't spent any time together over the course of the past couple of weeks, she's starting to crumble a bit. She's starting. This is the beginning of her being, her acting irrationally by seeing a tarot card reader and smoking. Oh god, this is so cringey. Okay.
1: Sign here? Mm-hmm. Here. It's for you. Oh, thank you.
2: You should put those in water as soon as you can. They last longer that way.
1: Thanks. Thanks. Open the car.
2: She gets flowers and they're not even for her. She's smoking at her desk. Yeah, so she becomes a chain smoker and then she becomes something of an alcoholic. She chugs wine like there's no tomorrow. She stays up all night chugging wine, chain smoking. Their table? Hey, what there, table? All day and all night waiting for you, Ed. Lori, I'm
1: not gonna be there. It's over. You'll be there. I know you better than you know yourself. Twelve
2: thirty, darling. I kinda like though that um you know she tells her she tells him she tells him to to meet her at the Pier Cafe at their table. But once again, they don't have a table. I don't think they've ever been there before. But I think to further um, show her alcoholism, they have her drinking a Bloody Mary. Little hair, of the dog. It's 12:30 in the afternoon. She's drinking a Bloody Mary. She's gotta hang over. Oh no, uh, I fucked up, Andy. I said that um, I said that uh, Lori becomes a junkie for him. Andy actually says that he Ed becomes a junkie for her because he it was over. She's right; it was over, and then he goes and meets her, and then it starts. It starts up again, and it gets worse. But this is a scene that I think is pretty funny, too, where this guy's trying to hit on her and she's not interested no dice, man. I don't know what to tell you. I tried my best I guess it's not your day. and this guy's like I don't know in his early to mid20s maybe and Eds again like in his 60s and he comes and beats up and beats his ass Yeah. Let, yeah, let me tell you That's rooted in reality I come. We tried being part, it's And that, hey, you just stay out of it Something very much ADR'd It's gotten out of hand Yeah, but it was over And you're the one who showed up why I... This dialogue is so cringy. I like my life the way it was. I well then why did you show up again? See, in these kinds of movies, um, with the obsessive love stories, especially with the girls, there there's a there's a suicide attempt in this one and there's also a suicide attempt in play Misty for me. Only I think in that one it's a little more twisted because she does it in his bathroom. but um, they there's there's there there are these tropes that the obsessor um, has to follow or do, or things that she does, when it's when it's a woman, anyway. When it's a, when it's a guy obsessed. Uh, when it's a guy who's obsessed with a girl, things are a little more violent. Like, I don't think you see them as much, except for like in in lifetime movies. But mainstream movies, you don't really see them as much, as a, except for maybe fear. But with guys, it's a little more violent. Um, but with in these kinds of movies, when it's a... A female who is obsessive toward a male—they have these things like these. This checkoff list of of um, um, assets, I guess, that they have to destroy. Um, if Ed wasn't retired and he wasn't of a certain age, she would definitely go after his job. Um, but in this case, his pride and joy is his boat that he helped he he spent uh, endless hours restoring so there's that um well, I hope you know what you're doing because it seems to me like maybe he's just using oh, maybe he does have a job i don't know because he talks about later cuz she canceled all of his credit cards and i have to agree that there's there are um there's a goof on um on imdb that says uh there's no way that she would be able to cancel all his credit cards because she would have to have a lot of his personal information including his social security number and his mother's maiden name and all that stuff which is true um but yeah he does something i'm not sure what he does but he has a secretary who comes to the boat three times a week he says in the beginning of the movie what she does i don't know what he does, I don't know. But he does say later um, that uh, when he's out for lunch or dinner with clients, clients for what? I don't know. Um, they have to pay for dinner because she can't, cause Lori canceled all of his credit cards. So you got that. Um, that's part of the tropes. One of the, the many obsessive love tropes. Uh, the the aggressor doing something to um, to destroy the livelihood of the uh, protagonist and um, yeah there's usually destroying property too and if he had some kind of animal I'm sure it would be killed Jesus Christ! He is be- he is being a total asshole though. That the way he just fucking he meets up with her, he sleeps with her, and then he doesn't answer her calls anymore. He tells her he wants to get back together. He tells her once he wants to continue seeing her, and then he just ghosts her basically. Nice skipping your messages. You're such an ass. He's on a bender. Stayed up all night drinking, chain smoking, calling Ed and everyone he knows, apparently, including his daughter. I wonder if she called his (laughs) ex-wives. I missed what she said. Sounds like the something flew. I don't... But I don't understand is how Tina can live with somebody who is this unstable, or be, even be friends with someone who is this unstable. First of all, I'd be scared that she would turn on me. Maybe that. Well, maybe that's what's keeping her there. Because huh. you, you can kind of tell that Tina does uh, walk on tiptoes around her, and she speaks to her. She kind of placates her a lot. There's nothing you can do about it. I'll call you later. She's covering for work. Look, I'm sorry you got caught in the middle of all of
0: this. She was here for nearly two hours today. Oh, Oh, Jesus.
1: done and then you started it all over again
0: she seemed so together when I
1: first met her what about you you are like a junkie for her don't you see that you can't keep giving her these mixed messages because as long as she sees a little glimmer of hope she's going to keep trying
0: I told her it was over. I told her it was not going to work what out. Did you
1: tell her you cared for her? She says you did. I, I
0: don't know if I told her I cared for her. I still have feelings for her. I'm not that cold-hearted. But that is exactly what you're going to have to be. She is so
2: desperate. She misreads your kindness and your decency as love. Kindness? What kindness? I don't care how hard it is, but
1: you got to turn it off. you got to cut her off. Pretend like you don't care.
2: She's telling him to pretend like he doesn't care, and he does. He's saying, "I don't know if I could do that," but isn't that what he's doing by ignoring your calls and all that shit? He he sleeps with her, then ghosts her. Um, you know, ignores all of her messages, deletes all of her messages. This is like, why, why? Uh, she sends him all these fucking presents. I, I don't remember, but I think there's like some stuffed animals and shit in here. This is a little, little goofy. And she's watching Love Story or whatever the fuck this is. Feeling
1: envious.
0: You like your presence not gonna work, Lori. <laughs>
2: Oh god I tried to
0: tell you that yesterday I tried to make you understand We made love Ed
1: What was that all about I mean, Were you just using me Like some whore Ooh, is This is really bad
0: Of course not You know that But this can't go on Yesterday was a mistake Don't
1: do this Not over the phone okay like, at least have the decency To tell me face to face Please we can meet this afternoon
0: No we can't see each other again It'll just make it harder On the both of us I'm truly sorry if I hurt you. No, you're not. Don't
1: call me again. I'll change my number if I have to. It's over between us. Please, Ed, uh, just meet me, please. I promise, nothing will happen.
2: Please. <sighs> and he just hangs up. He is an ass. I mean, he's saying that I, I, I can't, I can't be cold-hearted. I can't pretend like I don't care. But that's generally what he'd been doing all along and that's what he's doing now and now he's seeing another woman this is Lois Childs by the way who's been in a ton of stuff but I always know her as what is her name Annie from um, Creepshow 2 the famous hitchhiker segment Yeah, this is definitely something that you would see in an obsessive love thriller where you know the the unstable one crashes a, a lunch or a dinner or something and does everything in her power to embarrass
0: the protagonist
2: How does she know he was there? Is what I'd like to know. I need a baker. That's a name I haven't heard in forever. No, this is overacting. I love you. I do not love you. You understand that?
0: I do not love you.
2: you. could tell in this part here when he pushes her she, she tries to follow him to the car and he like he's supposed to be throwing her to the ground that he's he's holding back. this music saying you know something bad's gonna happen this is not gonna end well You've gotta get it together I mean you need this job all right you now Tina's being a little um to she's being firm you get it together Lori. And gone brown <laughs> that's the TV version that's a TV made for TV movie way of saying everything's gone to shit everything's gone brown said, if I see him with her I don't know what I'll do you already did see him with her
1: he seems so lost maybe if you saw somebody about it hey
2: there are other guys out there lots of them. yeah lots of old geezers worth what you're putting yourself through. I wonder if William Devane's still alive like- if he's not I'm really gonna feel bad. Thought of something um see this could have been bullshit but in that scene earlier in the movie when lori moved all of her stuff in and she said that tina's boyfriend had been staying at their apartment or whatever it is that they share um and then uh not too long i and not too long after that, Tina gets flowers from a guy that she met at a museum, she says. And now she's going away with him, I can only suppose. But, I don't know. I don't know if it, that whole thing with you know Tina's boyfriend staying at the house was just a, li- uh, a lie in order for her to justify her actions uh, to for moving in while he was in Phoenix. Doing what I don't know. Hi, baby. You didn't think I'd forget your
1: birthday,
0: did you? Lori, don't do this.
1: Go Not until you open your present. Happy birthday, Mrs. Bledsoe.
0: Lori, for God's sake, go Oh, come on. I know it's your size. Let me help you with the ribbon. Dad.
2: <laughs> okay. This this scene bugs me too. for for the For the most part, she plays obnoxious drunk pretty well you know she's not like slurring her words and acting like an idiot but when she storms off she runs a perfectly straight line Uh oh and now we have the um the made for tv um miniseries of uh, Stephen King's It moment where she uh, where you see the um, that she'd written his name on the wall in her in her blood after she slit her wrist and she slits her wrist the same thing that the woman in play Misty for me does
1: <clears throat>
2: I think Glenn it's been forever since I've seen Fatal Attraction but I think Glenn Close tries to kill herself too This is another cheesy moment. Stupid moment here. When uh she gets the coffee from one of those machines. And she takes a sip and she says it's awful. You want some? Yeah. give, give me give me a gulp. It's 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 so good. He kept saying his name over and over again. I can't imagine what it would sound like to just be saying Ed, 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 Ed. See? Yeah. Here we go. She's done some weird stuff. She's not, and she said she's not tightly wound when it comes to guys. He calls him Mr. Bledzo instead of Bledsoe. When can I take her home? Well we have to keep her on a seventy two hour psychiatric fold that's standard for suicide attempts.
1: She's asked to see Mr. Bledzo, uh, no more than five minutes.
2: I thought they have to keep you a lot longer than that for suicide attempts. Seventy two hours. Don't you get committed? Yeah now the doctor's flirting with Tina. Who's taking pictures? I don't know what the fuck that was. You're be
1: okay, Just get some rest now. Everything's okay. I see him. Back. He's not
2: here. She's talking to her like she's a little girl. Lie back. Hmm, I knew he'd come. So that means, you know, it worked. She was looking for something to like fill that cold hole, cold was she? Okay. Then I met mm. Her white knight. Mystical, spiritual, what the fuck? Like that hole had been filled. Yeah, that hole had been filled all right. See is going on way too long Kind of reminds you of me, at least, of, of like a scene that, um, <laughs> that like a, an actor would would bring in for an audition or something, like that, like a monologue, a prepared monologue, sitting in a chair, smoking a cigarette. Now, what the fuck is this? Is she's talking about how, like, she's. Oh, brown hair, kind of long on the back, so he's got a mullet. She's talking to Tina like she's got, like, a a crush on her therapist. She's feeling vengeful.
1: The great ass to show off to his buddies.
2: Alright, don't flatter yourself, honey. I like to
1: make him hurt. Hmm. Give him a taste of his own medicine. I like to go in there when he's not home. Tear the place apart.
2: Slash his clothes, paint his walls. Paint his walls. I was <laughs> I always like that line. It's like, paint his walls. Okay, that sounds like you're doing him a favor. (laughs) Paint his walls. He's talking about doing home repairs as a form of vengeance. Yeah, I think that would have. I think that was just tossed in there where um, he says to the client had to pay for lunch because she canceled all the credit cards. All, to make that scene work, all they had to do was. Even like, especially when she moves in, I think that would have been the perfect place to insert a moment of her going through his really personal effects, uh, documents, personal documents maybe because um, you know you see her find the gun which comes into play later and you know her keeping her own record of his very personal information I think would have would have added to the would it up would have upped the um, the stalker level I guess and would and definitely would have made that more believable that she cancelled all his credit cards there's Lois Giles again Okay, so... Well, I mean, I was going to say you have to know what you're doing, but she is a, um, to do something like this, but she works you know, for a an appraiser, so she obviously knows her way around a boat, and she knows exactly what to do in order to carry this out. So I buy that, but I don't buy the appraisal at the beginning of the movie.
1: Uh-oh.
2: It's not good. She has this look on her face when the boat explodes. Like she's kind of not. In, she's kind of not expecting it. either that, or she's like in shock that she really went through with this. Goes beast. Make sure you get shots on both sides and
0: talk to anybody that
2: might have seen that thing. Well, this guy here who works I don't know if he works for the insurance company. Or no, I think he's a private or He's a detective or something, but it sounds like he's trying to hide an accent of some kind. Your airline reservations? How could she do that? Well, laws against
0: harassment. Why didn't you talk to us before now? Because I didn't want to get her in trouble. And like where the, the
2: hell, hell are you ahead. going? Okay. Now, uh,
0: does anybody else have a grudge against you, Mr. Blitzel? Bad business deal, jealous husband, anything like that. It's not anybody else, it's Laura. She knew how important that boat was to me. She knew the thousands of hours I spent restoring it. She knew this was gonna hurt. She did it as sure as I'm standing here. And she's gonna get away with it, right? You're not going to arrest her. I've got fuck here, Mr. Bledsoe, all right.
2: I've got no physical evidence tying her to it. i got no witnesses. Yeah, he's definitely I English or something. I mean, even if I popped her, the DA would never run. Away. Even if I popped her, what does that mean?
0: I could build a stronger case against you. What are you saying? You think I blew up my own boat? You're going to get a check for 250K from the insurance company. You've got a likely candidate to take the heat. No one would suspect you. She's crazy. She's tried to kill herself. She'd do anything, right? But she doesn't get the check for two hundred and fifty k, does she? See, hey, I don't have to listen to this. I'll call my lawyer. All right, listen, save your time. My gut instinct is the lady did the deed, but there's no way I can prove it. I hope you have a good sense to change your locks.
2: Now what the hell did he do? Did he call the boss and say, uh, "Yeah, your employee is a psycho bitch. She blew up my boat." Like what? Because she she's blaming him. Now what she's going to? What she she goes to his house? to, And why the fuck? She, why he still has a fucking? She still has a key. I don't know. He really, really waited until the last minute to change the fucking locks. And by waiting until the last minute, I mean never. Because he doesn't. He tells the, the detective the locksmith's coming tomorrow. Yeah, the locksmith should have come months ago. One thing that I always noticed and I've watched a lot of TV movies in my day, but uh, one thing that I've always noticed in TV movies is the way things wrap up so quickly. It's like you go to look and you're like, say you're watching a movie from nine to 11 or something like that. And then things start to amp up as far as the suspense is going and it's like 10 of 11. It's like, how are they gonna f- do all this? How are they gonna fix this in 10 minutes? But they usually do and in less time than that.
1: Please just don't shut up and sit down. Mm mm. Oh, guess you'll be happy. I'll be out of his
2: life. But so will you. Uh, that's right. She's Well, no. How could she have come there to Kill Andy Because she didn't That's know Andy fine. was going to be there Andy just showed up you are Conveniently You poison him with your lies
1: I mean I don't understand it All I ever wanted Was for Ed to love me But you just couldn't let him go He hurt me so badly He has to be punished
2: for that Just give me the gun, Lori Fucking um I can't remember the guy's name. Peck and Paw. But, uh, it wasn't, it's not Sam. But, um, uh, Peck and Paw is not that common of a name that I know of. But the guy who wrote this, his last name was Peck and Paul, And if he is related to Sam Peck and Paw. did Yeah, we only now just figure that out. She is going to kill her too. Cuz she points she does. She points the gun and she shoots. And if Andy didn't dive for the f- hit the floor, she would have gotten shot. Oh, this wheezing is really really bad this this moment here. Because you're crazy. I was like that part here when the, um, the guard is taking her back to her cell because she's in an asylum or whatever and he's got her by the forearm and she just yanks her arm away, like get the fuck off me. So now we're at the final moments. Ed's got a new boat. He's still with uh, Louise, played by Lois Childs. It's been a year, yeah. So I guess in all this time that uh, Lori spent in the uh, sanitarium. I think it's interesting though that not only does she find it because he sees her now. Not only does she find another older guy but she finds another older guy with a boat. And she he sees them sailing. And if this were not a TV movie if this were even a made-for-cable movie or straight-to-video or something like that, that would have been a setup for a sequel. All right, that was Obsessed, starring Shannon Doherty. (laughs) And it was, it is, still as cheesy as I remember it being. Oh boy, so yeah. I guess, uh, time to wrap things up. As always, thanks for staying with me to the bitter end. And until next time, this is Brandon Ford wishing you all unpleasant dreams.